Radio. The Faith of Venerable Solanus Casey. A talk by Father Thomas McFadden at Capfest 2017. Good evening. Good evening. Oh, excellent. Yes, very, very good. Can you hear me? Because I've got the microphone here. Yes. It's loud enough. Loud enough. Um, if everyone, anyone wants to take seats that haven't taken seats. I was a little disappointed. I, I heard the Cool Kids song was on because Father Lum had theme music when he was about to begin and, I, and the, it's all gone. So, no, I got no theme song. I'm a little dejected, but you're smiling, so I'm happy again. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks and praise. We thank you for the wonderful gift of faith that you have given to us, that you have shared with us, that you enliven us with. And we ask that during this talk and during this weekend that you may continue to inspire us with the lives of these saints, uh, these Capuchin saints, the way that they've, they've lived their lives of faith. Help us to uh, following their example, being inspired by them to, to seek to live our faith to the full, to also be shining lights in this world. And this we ask through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary and all the Capuchin saints and blesseds. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The topic that I am giving a talk on is the virtue of faith. I chose, we were thinking about which kind of, which virtues are we going to, to highlight and which saints, which Capuchin saints to, uh, to use as the examples. And, um, and at the very beginning of our weekend, Father Dean spoke about 15 canonized saints. And I can see the provincial's hand in the air and hold on to the question, please. <laughs> 15 canonized saints and what, what, wasn't mentioned is we have between about 90 and 100 blesseds in the Capuchin order as well. And I'm not even choosing one of those to give as my example. I've decided to choose Venerable Solanus Casey, who in November will be beatified. So we're quite excited to uh, have a new blessed, a new Capuchin blessed. And I want to, in anticipation of the beatification, share with you a little bit about his life. So, um, I've chosen the virtue of faith. When we reflect on faith, it's been a little while since the year of faith. We had that a few years ago, and that was a whole year which, in which we reflected on faith. But just to provoke, just to open up, well, what are we looking at here? A few of the beautiful quotes from the scriptures. We think when we hear that Jesus says, you know, with faith we can move mountains. In Matthew 17, Jesus says, If your faith were the size of a mustard seed, a tiny little mustard seed, you could say to a mountain, you know, move from here to there and it will obey you. And Jesus says, nothing will be impossible for you with faith. Uh, in the first letter of St. John, chapter 5, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. In Hebrews 11, without faith it is impossible to please God. It's with faith that we please God. Ephesians 2, through faith we are saved. 
And in John chapter 6, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. He who believes, he who has faith, has eternal life. Not just will have, but faith is a living reality now. It's this divine life in us. It's what transforms us. It opens us up to the divine. This is some pretty powerful stuff, our, this gift of faith. So moving mountains and our salvation. How often do we reflect on what is the role of faith in my life? And how are we going to approach this topic of faith? Well, over this weekend, I mean, you can talk about it in terms of theology. You can talk about faith in terms of uh, from what's in the catechism, all these different approaches. But this weekend, we're looking at the example of the Capuchin saints and blesseds. In Hebrews 13, it says, the, the author says, as you reflect on the outcome of their lives, speaking of the, the pastors and the elders and for us, you know, the, the saints, as you reflect on the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. He wants us to imitate their faith. So why Father Solanus? I chose Father Solanus, one, because his beatification is coming up and it'd be great if you all know something about him. Two, because he's pretty awesome. He's, he's going to be the first American-born uh, male to be beatified. And it's something, a blessing for the English-speaking world. You can read some of his writings in the original language. That's pretty exciting because that's a little rare for some of us. And I really chose him because his faith is very simple. It's simple in that it's something that each one of us here, you don't need to be a priest or religious to imitate his faith. It's very simple, but it's also very deep. And I think what we're, some of the, the writings here, I think it's changed my life. And I think what we're, I'm about to share, hopefully, will be of benefit to you and may even change your life or your perspective and how you relate to God. Now, I think Father Solanus would have thought this, is a, this cat fest is a good idea, especially this theme, the topic heroes and saints, because he, uh, he had a devotion to the saints and he spoke about the need to learn from them. He proposed an adventure of faith. And that's what we're all on. That's what we're walking along. And his adventure of faith was uh, involved knowing the lives of the saints. In this quote, and the way I'm going to do this, because I, I, there's a basic way I can explain uh, how Father Solanus Casey saw faith, but I want his, some of his words to speak to you. I want to open it up, because some of you, a number of you here watched a movie on his life a few weeks ago, and, um, and I really want some of his quotes to, to open it up for you. So, Here he says, if we want to know God, we must look for him in the resplendent reflection of him that is found in his saints. We must look for him in every person we encounter. We must look for him in all that he has created. An awareness of of God's presence and how he, he speaks to us in creation, but especially that first part, the saints. 
I'm pretty sure he never envisaged anyone taking that quote and applying it to him. <laughs> but that's what we're doing now. We're, looking, we're going to apply it to Father Solanus and his life. I personally think that the theme, I didn't choose the theme for Catfest this year, but I think it's a great idea because I think that's what's lacking at the moment in the church. I think in the past, like when I read about St. Veronica Giuliani, who's one of our Capuchinesses, she was the Capuchin, uh, the female Capuchin that was shown to us yesterday. She relates when she was young that her parents used to read the lives of the saints each night to her. Think of how inspired our young people will be. Because, like, okay, they go and watch Marvel and they watch all these big things and get in, amazed in the entertainment industry. But the lives of our saints are phenomenal, inspirational, energizing. And we don't, you know, some we go, if we go to Mass during the week, you hear that's the part of the opening prayer that mentions them. <laughs> and usually, like, Who, who's that? But we, if, to go into their lives, so, um, so I want to encourage you, just after you leave Capfest, to continue to look into the lives of the saints because they're absolutely heroic and amazing and will give you heaps of inspiration to live the Christian life to the full. All right. Now about Father Solanus, what else does he say about the saints? Again, about the saints. One of the great advantages of a study of the lives of the saints is the supernatural courage that such studying tends to foster, and at the same time, appreciation for one's vocation. If we ask the question, how can we grow in faith? Father Solanus would respond that we need to study the life of Jesus, his works and his signs, but also to study the lives of the saints. He also writes, after all, if artists can be known by their masterpieces... Why should not the great architect of the universe be known by his masterpieces? So let's, uh, before we go into what he says about faith, the reason we have all these quotes, by the way, is a lot of people wrote to Father Solanus and he wrote a lot of replies. So we have a lot of letters um, that really entail and, and tell us about his spirituality. Just before we go into his, what he writes about faith and, and what he says to us about uh, the gift of faith, some of you don't know who Father Solanus is and don't know much about him. So I just want to say a few words about his life so that you've got something to relate to besides the random pictures that I'm going to be putting up. Um, first of all, he's very recent. He died in 1957, which is 60... At the end of this month, it'll be 60 years. So he's not someone from 500 years ago. He, he's very recent. Most of your parents were alive when he was alive. Some of your parents. He was simple and a, a very joyful man, yet quite extraordinary. Okay? He was blessed by God. He was gifted in a special way. He was a Capuchin priest, but with extraordinary gifts of healing and of prophecy. So he was quite charismatic. The, the, if you think, you know, these gifts of healing, the gift of prophecy, they're, they're charismatic gifts. He was charismatic a little in the sense that he would... Pray, he'd go into the chapel on his own. Sometimes he would kneel on the, the top stair before the tabernacle with his arms raised and just praise God, just in the silence throughout the night, in the middle of the night. Um, sometimes he would fall asleep there <laughs> and fall asleep and, uh, and then the 
friars would come in the morning and see him lying on the tops there on the chapel and, and ask him, you know, Father, what, 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 are you okay? And uh, he'd kind of just respond, oh, yeah, the, um, I was sleeping on the soft side of the boards. <laughs> we had a brother, Brother Peter, he used to fall asleep in the chapel too. I, I'm not saying they're in the same category. <laughs> but if you, maybe some of the other friars can, can fill you in a bit more about that. I, maybe, maybe we'll see one day. Um, but Father Solanus had these, so these, these gifts, and sometimes he would go into the chapel too, and especially on Christmas, he's, on the Feast of Christmas, and he would play the violin. And, uh, and he, just, he was no good at playing the violin. He made an awful racket, but he did it for God. It was just him and God, and he just praised and just allowed it to... And this is well before... I'm not saying he was like a charismatic um, renewal. This is before charismatic renewal, yeah? This is before the 60s and 70s. This is the early 1900s. So I mentioned he has healing and prophecy. He would pray over people. The friars started to hear that lots and lots of people were coming back and thanking him for their prayers, and there were lots of healings taking place. And when the guardian of the fraternity heard about these, he asked Father, or maybe the provincial, asked Father Solanus, can you please keep a record of these healings? And so he started to keep a record. And the Monsignor that was the Chancellor of the whole Archdiocese of Detroit, where Father Solanus was living, he states that the number of healings that were taking place uh, there on, on Elliott Street, in uh, Mount Elliott Street in Detroit, were, were more than that, those that are recorded in the Gospels, were more than those that were taking place in Lourdes, those that were taking place in Fatima, those that were taking place at the Shrine of St. Anne in Quebec, at the same time period. And this is just on Mount Elliott Street in Detroit. So it's really phenomenal what God was doing through Father Solanus. You know, these are some of the, I'm just, he compared them to the greatest shrines in Christendom, yet here in this little, in the Capuchin Friary in Detroit, just amazing miracles and healings. And, and the other gift that he had was prophecy. And when people came to him asking for prayers, um, they'd ask him for, for this or how's this going to go? And, and he, sometimes he would just kind of look away for 10 or 15 seconds or he'd close his eyes. And sometimes he would say to them, you know, if they had some kind of cancer or sickness, if he said to them, oh, the doctor's going to be surprised. <laughs> or if he said to them, have the doctor look again. Have the doctor, you know, check that cancer one more, the the tumour one more time. Or if he said, oh, I don't think there's a need for that. Or if he said, you know, oh, she'll be better in 15 days or by this time tomorrow, at three o'clock tomorrow, I think he'll be okay. When people heard that, they were filled with great joy because it meant that these people were going to be healed. But sometimes he didn't respond. Like Sometimes he responded, okay, okay, I'll, I'll pray for you. And they said that, well, if you heard him say that to you, it <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to be healed. But he'll be praying for you, which is almost as good. Um, so he had this gift when he looked away. He sometimes could tell what was going to happen. He knew if there was going to be a healing, this, this gift of prophecy. So these are some extraordinary gifts that he was able to, to work or to, to do because of his faith. I want to mention this because hopefully that gets your ears to prick up. Okay, this, 
This guy was someone pretty amazing. But now let's go back to the beginning of his life. Um, he didn't always want to be a Capuchin. He didn't always want to be a priest. When he was in his teens, he was, I mean, he got close to a particular young, young woman. And I think when he was 17, he wrote her and, he, and she was 16 and he proposed to, to, to be engaged. So he proposed marriage. And they're very young, 17 and 16, but that's kind of, you know, what they kind of did. And, um, and so the girl gets this letter and she goes and tells her mum. And her mum said, oh, no. oh, I don't know what her mum said, but she didn't approve. <laughs> um, <laughs> she didn't approve. And so it got kind of knocked down, even though he was hoping to get married. And then it got knocked down. And then just to make sure, the mum sent her off somewhere else to study or something. And that changed. So it almost was a married vocation. And then all of a sudden, it's open again. And, and then it would have been a completely different story had he got married, I'm assuming. But God had other plans. Now, I'm pretty sure, I, don't, I haven't read this, but I'm pretty sure he would have been pretty heartbroken. It would have been terrible at the time, etc., etc. But with faith, we continue on. What's God got in store? What God actually want? And I think this is what we've got to keep keeping in mind because we sometimes get so caught up in a, a negative. Um, that didn't happen. Well, Solanus is only 17 at this stage, but he's growing and, and maybe this is partly what kind of led to where he got to. Um, but as a young man, he was driving a tram, one of his first jobs, driving a trolley car. And as he's driving along the, ro- um, the, the tracks, there before him, there's a, some kind of incident taking place. And a drunken sailor was having a fight with a young woman and he stabbed her. And there in front of the car, so he stops the, the tram and he gets out. And there right before his eyes, he watches this young woman die. And it had a big effect on him. And that night he went into a church and he knelt down and he just prayed. And he prayed, he prayed for the young woman that had died. He prayed for the, the drunken sailor, for his forgiveness, for his conversion. And he, he just prayed. And as he's praying, he just wanted to give, commit himself to God in such a way that everything he did in his prayer and everything would be for the benefit of these negative situations in the world and the tragedies that he could offer himself in some way, in a positive way for the benefit of the world. Uh, Not long after that night, he decided to join the seminary. And so he went into the diocesan seminary and he started to study for the priesthood. He struggled with the studies. He really struggled with the studies, so much so that he left the seminary because he was, you know, having trouble succeeding. And so here he is wondering, well, what am I going to do with my life and what's God's plan for me? And in the midst of all of this praying and discerning that was coming up to the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. So he decided to do a novena and he had a few other people praying with him. And he's praying for his vocation that it be known. And on the feast of the Immaculate Conception, he heard a voice. Uh, Our Blessed Mother's voice say just three words. Go to Detroit. What does that mean? Well, if you were in that part of the United States at the time, you knew that meant go join the Capuchins because Detroit's where the big, um, the big friary was and where the Capuchin centre was. So, um, 
And he didn't really like that news because he didn't think, oh, he didn't like the Capuchins particularly. Um, he thought about them earlier. He didn't like their beards and didn't like the habit all that much and, and really wasn't attracted to the Capuchins. But he knew, okay, I need to do this. And he went and he, so he joined the, the Capuchins and, uh, and he continued to study. And again, he struggled a little with the, the studies. But um, when it came to ordination, because he struggled with the studies, they decided to ordain. Back then, there were two kind of orders, two kind of distinctions in the priesthood. One was to be a simplex priest, which meant they weren't allowed to hear confession or to preach. Just really to celebrate mass on the side altar and then not do the priestly ministry. And the other priests had the faculties, could hear confessions, do the full priestly ministry. He was told he could only be a, or could be a simplex priest. So I think he was a little disheartened, disappointed, but what's God got in store here? Uh, which meant, okay, so he celebrated Mass on the side altar in the morning, but then what was he going to do during the day? Well, he basically would do the, the ministry that a, a lay brother would do, someone that's not ordained. Um, now we speak a lot about the dignity of the, the, the role of the lay brother. I think back then they kind of considered... The lay brother's just doing the menial tasks. So he was, even though he was an ordained priest, he would be the sacristan and he would look after the altar linens and things. But then the main thing that he did was he was the porter. And the porter, does anyone know what the porter, what was the porter? What would a porter do? Opens doors. Opens doors, exactly. So the porter would be the one, if you went knocking on the friary, the porter would come and answer the door. If you come and knock on our friary, no one will call. <laughs> know which friar that you're after and call their phone is the easiest way to get us because we're probably not going to come run. All seven of us aren't going to come running at Leichhardt every time we hear the, the, the doorbell go. Back then they had porters to do this role and, and really, you know, he would answer the door and this, in God's plan, this is what gave him access or what, what enabled people to come into contact with him and enable this wonderful ministry of healing, etc. So how it all kind of comes out in God's plan. So it was through that that, that it opened up the possibility for him to, to do this fruitful ministry where thousands and thousands of people would come to visit him, would come to him with their problems, would come to him asking for his prayers uh, would, and relay to him their needs. So, everything I'm about to say about faith, coming from Father Solanus, have that context. The context being that he wasn't someone that was, he's not just speaking words about faith naively, as if he doesn't know what's happening out there. Okay, he's not just speaking abstract theology that he learned in textbooks. He's not out of touch with reality. He's not as if he's in the friary a long way away from the real world. Not at all. He heard the sufferings, the problems, the, the tragedies, everything that was happening, all of it, the heaviness of it, more than any other, any other priest, any other person. They all came to him. He felt the weight. He knew what was happening. So let that lend some credibility to what you hear him say because that's why I think it's important to speak about how he saw faith because he knew all of the difficulty. He knew all your difficulties. So what kind of faith did Father Solanus have? 
The, the phrase that's usually associated with Father Solanus is to thank God ahead of time. What does that mean? When do you usually thank somebody? After they've done something. Okay, so if I give you something, you say, nothing. What do you say? <laughs> thank you. Excellent. I give you something, you say thank you. We say thank you after the event, after you've received. Father Solanus's take on things was to thank God ahead of time, to thank God before you receive. So basically, Father Solanus had such trust, such confidence in God, knowing that God is a loving Father knowing that God's love for him and for the world was so strong, knowing that God cared for him and his life and all his situations and everything far more than anyone else did. And knowing this and trusting in this and having full confidence in God's love for him, he wasn't afraid of what was coming. He would thank God before things happened. He would thank God for hearing his prayer. He would thank God ahead of time. Think about what filial trust he had, what a relationship he had with with God. Thanking God ahead of time. Just a little story about his faith. This is just one of many, many little stories. But um, he would, when he took his break one time, uh, the United States is here, facing Europe. So this is the West Coast. Seattle, he had family in Seattle up in the northwest coast there, and he was living in Detroit, which is more on the east. It's a long trip across the, across the country. So he was traveling back to the friary, and he's traveled to get to the station there at uh, Seattle. And by the time they got there, well, he only had about half an hour before the train left to take them to Detroit. And he hasn't celebrated Mass yet because he's been with family. Um, he really, as a priest and his love for God, he wanted to unite himself with God. He thought, no, look, I'm going to go find a, the local parish church. I'm going to celebrate Mass. It didn't matter how half an hour to the train. I'm going to go celebrate Mass. So he went and found the church, rang the doorbell, got in there, was able to celebrate Mass. He celebrated Mass reverently. Uh, he knelt down afterwards and gave thanks for a little while. And then he comes back to the station. Well, 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 a long time after that half an hour had finished. When he got back to the station, he looks up at the board and, and oh, his train, you know, the only train, it was three hours late, so he's there in good time. And he's like, oh, thanks be to God. <laughs> and, uh, and so then he, he jumps on the train, it's in good time, and, he, and as he had to, it took him all the way, and it was overnight. And um, that's why he had to get Mass in. And then he it just gets there to Chicago, because of course it's running late gets to Chicago to the, for the change, and as soon as he gets off the train, it's all aboard to Detroit. He thinks, fantastic, thanks be to God. And, um, and then, then he realises, well, ooh, they've waited for me, that's wonderful, but uh, I, I, they still have to wait for me a little longer. I've got to go and get my, my clergy fair uh, ticket. So he goes over and gets his clergy fair ticket, and wait, they did, and he got back, and he gets onto his train and, and gets, to the, gets to the friary. And just, wow, Awesome. Um, so you never know, next time Sydney trains are running late, and I don't know, the trams in Melbourne are a little better than perhaps, maybe, maybe not. Um, but if things are a little late, you never know, maybe God's holding up because there's a holy saint that needs to get onto somewhere to get somewhere <laughs> to do something special. And, and rather than lament, 
maybe thank God for whatever's happening. We'll see as this unfolds where we're going with this. Let's see. Um, We were in good time, very good time. (laughs) Which meant, because he rushed me, I came to Melbourne without a beanie or a scarf. That's terrible. I know. (laughs) Anyway. Appreciation and gratitude. If we were only one-tenth as appreciative as we have every reason to be, our gratitude for what God has done for us directly and through his creatures would be such that we would be perfectly content with what others may be in themselves or what in all the world we may have missed. What I love about this quote is that, the beginning of the bit, if we were only one-tenth as appreciative, one-tenth, it makes me think of that gospel passage of, um, you know, the, the, the one leper that came back when ten were cured and how, how only one-tenth gave thanks. If we were only one-tenth as appreciative, we would be perfectly content as we have every reason to be. He knows that we, should, we have every reason to be because he's aware. He reflects on all the things that he should be thankful for. I think we're not as thankful because we don't reflect on those things as much. And we'll open it up a little bit more, what, what kinds of things uh, we can be thankful for. But he's grateful for everything in his life. You know, for recognising, especially God's great love as a loving father. And he's working to bring all things to the good. Uh, For Father Solanus, everything was a source of spiritual growth. Uh, But we need eyes to see this. He he didn't have to do great and glorious things. Because he had learned to make every moment count. To appreciate every little moment of his life and to praise God for it with a grateful heart. And touching on our Capfest theme, he once said, if we want to profit by our reading about God and his saints, we must read with reverence. We must appreciate. I think that's an important thing. I know it was an important thing for me because I was reading this here I am looking through the, you know, these books on, a couple of books on Father Solanus and I'm looking for good stuff to share with all of you. And then he's like, when you read about the saints, read with reverence and, and appreciate. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I was just kind of looking for good stuff to share. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, okay, 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 I got you, Father. You know, I read this reverently and appreciate it, you know, um, because there's such a difference. I, I learn a lot. In, in, in just giving, make this, this talk's already paid off for me. I hope I share something that, that pays off for you. We so often do things, you know, even when we read stuff to, to, to read, get something done, to have read it, to have learnt something or memorized. But doing with something with reverence, appreciating, savoring, rejoicing in, delighting in. Same with when we pray. Well, we, we had evening prayer this evening. It could have been so easy just to read those lines of the Psalms, but to really, with reverence and appreciate and savour it. So that, that changed the, way, the rest of the way I was reading through Father Solanus's writings and, and about his life, with appreciation, savouring it. I just came back from a, uh, an international formation meeting, which was in Guatemala, of all places. And uh, I was a little wary about, you know, you can't drink the water there, etc., um, but I, I thought I did everything right and I didn't have any problems. Um, and I was reading on the first 
couple of flights, but it was when I got to Houston. I had about an hour, 40 minutes turnover, and by the time you pick up your bag and recheck it and get to the gate, I had about 10 minutes. And they didn't give you anything on the plane, so I, I just thought, oh, 10 minutes, I'll just grab one of those cold ham sandwiches. And this is the most technologically advanced airport I've ever seen. Every seat has an iPad sitting there. Every seat. Like, there's no loud, like, every seat has an iPad that you can do stuff. And at that airport, I picked up the wrong sandwich. And so the flight to LA, I started to get a bit queasy in LA, and then I had 15 hours of a very difficult flight. I won't go into all the details, but I had to go to the back of the plane a number of times. And um, <laughs> Thank you, God, exactly. No, I, I share this because if I hadn't have been reading this stuff, that would have been 15 hours of absolute... It, well, it was pretty bad, but at least I had the right spirit. And, uh, and I can see, and I thank God, and, and this is what I want to share with you, huh? Because we all have those moments. <laughs> Don't, you can interpret that any way you like. All right. Okay. Being appreciative. Now, I've used the word to appreciate. I've used the word gratitude, because these are words that he used a number of times. And... One of the friars that lived with Father Solanus, he said that the word appreciate was always on his lips. And it really is a reminder for us as Capuchins, Franciscans, St. Francis, who always had this, this praise of God, this thankfulness for all the blessings uh, and all the gifts that God has blessed, blessed him with. Now, Father Solanus would often say, if only we would appreciate our faith, one thing that saddened him was that was people's lack of faith. He saw much unhappiness, much worry, anxiety, alienation amongst the people. And he connected all of these people's worries and sadness to a lack of faith, a lack of confidence in God. In fact, he desired to rescue people whose faith was weak. So if you've ever felt that your faith is weak and that you need to increase in faith, ask Father Solanus' prayers. Ask him to accompany you this weekend because he wants to rescue you, for, wants to rescue people from a lack of faith. He says, shake off the excessive worry and instead exercise a little confidence in God's merciful providence by first promising some little sacrifice if things go favourably, then to show your confidence in his goodness Start thanking him whenever you think of it for what he may see best to do. God bless you and now don't worry too much. You see there this confidence in God's merciful providence. And coming back to appreciating our faith. If we could only learn to appreciate the holy faith and the innumerable blessings flowing from it, and the blessings otherwise surrounding us, we could never have time to worry about anything except that we're so little appreciative. I love that quote. He's basically saying, we worry about all these things, but really we should be thankful for the blessings. And the only thing we really need to worry about is the fact that we don't, we're not appreciative enough, that we should be more thankful. That's the only thing that we should be worried about. He would urge others to pray for more faith. He would say to people, 
do we appreciate the little faith that we have? Do we ever ask God for more? Remember in the Gospels, that man that had Jesus um, kind of cautioned someone for having little faith, and then he said, help the little faith that I have. And then God works the miracle. Jesus works the miracle. So these are great questions. Do we ever beg God for more? When we, when we look at the power and the effect of Father Solanus's faith in his life, he's not pretending it's a given. And he's encouraging people to ask for this gift. So we therefore assume that Father Solanus himself must have asked for an increase in faith himself, an increase in his childlike confidence in God the Father. The people that encountered him, one of the things that they said stood out was his strong faith. They knew he was a man of faith. And in fact, some of them said that he was the only person they ever met where they could sense the presence of God just in how he spoke about God and how confident he was in God's providence, in God's love. Just a little story about the word appreciate, this word to appreciate. Uh, one of the friars, so when Father Solanus was at the end of his life, he was in the novitiate as, as one of the older friars. And one of the, the younger ones, a novice, uh, who was only starting out in his Capuchin life, relates this story. There was one day they were at Mass, and an Irish Capuchin is giving the homily, and he's speaking about a donkey. I don't know what the Irish guy was saying, but anyway, he was speaking, instead of saying donkey or whatever the Americans usually say, he was saying ass all the time. And, and novices being novices, like some of you are already laughing, um, <laughs> so the novices started to laugh. And Father Solanus is there, and he's intently trying to, you know, and he turns around to... The novice's name was Dan, Brother Dan, and, and he turns around to and Brother Dan's just kind of there and he says to him, the trouble with us is that we don't appreciate what he's trying to tell us. If we did appreciate it, we wouldn't think it's so funny. To which Brother Dan just bursted out laughing. <laughs> but he learned something in that little exchange. He learned, especially that word appreciate. You know, Father Solanus wasn't laughing because he's there intently appreciating every word of this homily and, and trying to get what's, what's the priest saying. And the novices are just laughing because he's saying ass all the time. Um, and there's such a humility. You know, he, he says the trouble with us, not the trouble with you. He always this this sense he, he was with the people. Um, appreciating. Uh, so gratitude and thanksgiving. Well, he always said thanks be to God. Thanks be to God was repeated so many times over and over again with it really about every event and every thought that he ever had. Thanks be to God. One of our, the friars that you saw on the screen last night, Father um, St. Felix of Cantalice, he was the one holding baby Jesus, baby Jesus playing with his beard. And uh, he, he, was, he used to go around questing. You all know what a quester is now. And, and he would always say, Deo gratias, Deo gratias. Thanks be to God. Thanks be. He was known as brother. Thanks be to God. And he had this joy. Father Solanus here saying thanks be to God, and that's one of those phrases he's recognised for as well. Hopefully you start to see a link between this thankfulness and this joy and happiness. Hopefully we see a pattern of holiness between these saints and blesseds and this need to be grateful, something to learn. Because Father Solanus was very happy. 
and this formula for sanctity, you know, to know God and to be grateful. And Father Salam spoke a little bit about to know, to know God. In fact, he wrote, a po- oh, he wrote several poems and all these little things. As kind of an Irish heritage friar, he got kind of these limerick kind of things. But he wrote this. He said, to know is to appreciate. To love when the known is good. To adore when divine. And we all know something about God. We all we know, because Jesus has revealed to us wonderful things about who God is, the inner life of God. Even though God is much bigger than what we, can, what we know of him, yet we know something of God. And so Father Solanus is giving thanks for every little thing that he knows about God and about the saints and about all these good things. So whether you know a whole lot about the faith or whether you know only a little bit about the faith, give thanks for what you know, to know and to appreciate and that, that thankfulness will allow the faith to grow. Imagine if you lived your life rejoicing completely in God. Now, this continuous thanks be to God was a heartfelt litany of joy in the life of Father Solanus. He knew that happiness didn't consist in restlessly seeking after all the worldly pleasures, but rather in being satisfied with what one had. Trusting that God knows enough to grant his servants what's most profitable for them. Father Solanus was convinced of this. We've got to be thankful for what we have, for the gifts already received. And even about his own vocation. He, was, he said to be thankful about your vocation, whatever it is. Um, but particularly about his, he would say, how can we ever be grateful as we ought to be for such a vocation in the order of the poverello of Assisi. All right. So now we've got the, the tone, the flavor of, of his faith life. What is it? Thanksgiving and appreciation and gratitude. But what did he have to say specifically about faith? He would encourage people with these words. He would say, have faith in him who loves us so much. He would say, thanks be to God for the true faith. And for him, the only adequate response to the gift of faith was gratitude. And with his eyes of faith and with full confidence in the Father's love for us, for all creation, whenever a major tragedy occurred and there's news of a calamity, he would ask, you could hear him asking, I wonder what reason God has for allowing that to happen. Thinking of the good that God is going to be drawing out, confident that God knows what's happening and is, is willing to bring about something good. Because Father Solanus could see God's generosity being poured out upon suffering humanity in abundance. Now he knew in a very intimate way the power that faith has. I start at the beginning of this talk quoting that from, from what Jesus says, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. Okay? Father Solana, so many miracles and healings will work through his faith. And he would refer to this, this, to faith, this faith life as blending. As a blending. For each individual Christian, for each one of us here, 
There's a blending between God's life and our life. Think of Jesus, in whom was, he was fully divine and fully human. You have the divine and human in him uh, united. And in each one of us, in the life of the Christian, in, in faith, in, through our baptism, the divine life is at work in us. And he was always in awe of how God had, had, had blends this, this union of the divine and the human. Uh, so much so that he would just be amazed and thankful that it pleases God to give each of us, according to our ability, a part of his work to do by participating in God's mission and by cooperating with his own divine activity. I've got a quote about this. God condescends, comes down. He condescends to use our powers if we don't spoil his plans by ours. God's plans are always for the best, always wonderful. But most especially for the patient and the humble who trust in him are his plans unfathomably holy and sublime. But really, you know, to thank him, thank him for his presence, thank him for our creation and our existence, thank him for everything, thank him for all his plans for the future, for trials, humiliations, great joys, consolations, sickness, and even thank him for whatever death he may done to plan for us. Getting towards the end of the talk, he just wants to make sure you're all listening. Because <laughs> some big stuff's about to come, huh? There's some big stuff, some big stuff. In that last, the other slide, it said, you know, that God's plans are always for the best. Because through Jesus, God blended the divine with the human. So this isn't a quote from him, but this is, I think, very key. Father Solanus's faith in God involved an almost absolute conviction that God's power was without limit within every human person especially those with faith. And then he the quote, we are so weak in faith, setting limits to God's power and goodness. I think, uh, I forget which, that's mostly out of one of the um, biographies, but Solanus's faith in God had this absolute conviction that God's power was without limit within every human person. Like what God potentially can do if we open up, what's the thing? We're weak in faith because we, we're the ones that set limits to God's power and goodness. Again, he's not just saying pretty words here. He knows because in his life there's miracles, there's healings, there's amazing stuff happening. But he's also aware of his own limitations and where he puts limits on God, uh, on, on faith. So really, you know, I think take that, those words to heart. Because if you're like me, hearing those words of Father Solanus, you're really realising that you too have been setting limits, uh, consciously or subconsciously, to God's power and goodness in your life. And I invite you to strive to strip back those limits, to open up within you the horizon for a deeper faith, giving God more room to do what he wants in your life through his blending, through his divine gift of faith. And also don't worry too much if, if you can't move mountains, that's okay, because Father Solanus also recognises that faith is a work in progress. He says, only in heaven can we be satisfied as, fully, uh, as being fully and really converted. 
Okay, now how can we grow in confidence and in trust in God? Father Solanus wrote that we foster confidence by thanking God for the future. Okay, it's going back to that thank God ahead of time. You knew it was going to be about thanking. Yeah. Again, he was, he was absolutely confident that loving God, that our loving God would know and do what was best. And in this confidence, he, he said that confidence in God is the, is the soul of prayer. The very soul of prayer is confidence in God. But the problem is, too often we worry. Here he's saying, give thanks for the future, and too often we worry about the future. All of us worry at times. What does Father Solana say about worry? He says, worry is a weakness from which very few of us are entirely free. We must be on our guard against this most insidious enemy of our peace of soul. Instead, let us foster confidence in God, and thank him ahead of time for whatever he chooses to send us. Again, thanking God for whatever's coming uh, removes that worry. He also says to shake off our anxiety. This is something you might read on a Hallmark card or something, but anyway, it predates that. This is Father Salana saying, last year, whatever you were worrying, was, was something that you now smile about. And that probably rings true. Think about something you worry about a whole lot before. And um, I was sharing a story about my experience in Lords at dinner. And I was a bit worried about when all the, the, those things were happening. Now I look back and laugh my head off. Um, don't worry about that. But it's something now you, you now smile about. Tomorrow, it's about something that will not be serious if you raise your heart to God and thank him for whatever comes. Hopefully you're all seeing this pattern and this secret of grateful joy lifting up, lightening your spirit. And finally, about worry one more time. If we could only learn to appreciate the holy faith and the innumerable blessings flowing from it and the blessings otherwise surrounding us, we could never have time to worry about anything except that we're so little appreciative. You saw that slide before, but it fits in again right there. So this is the complete opposite to how the media has been training our minds to think. Because the media usually ignores all the good news and all the good stuff and then focuses on the bad and on the tragedies. And be careful, we don't become like that. We worry and fret about tomorrow as though our dear Lord had never spoken a word about his divine providence or proved his loving solicitude for each of us a thousand times a day. He's so aware, he reflects about God's goodness and what God's doing for him and all the time. And, you know, if we're just aware, every time we do something good, it's the grace of God at work in us, God present, doing stuff. Um, so many things to be thankful for. He knew, too, that God's loving providence governs all things sweetly, even though it's hard to see it immediately. That God wills to always bring order from disorder, healing from pain, abundance from poverty. Now, the last area I want to share with you as we come to our completion, is about Father Solanus's faith in the face of suffering. Despite healing so many people, he actually suffered a lot himself. He had an irritating skin disease. I think it was especially his legs for a long time. And it got worse and worse, especially at the end of his life, caused him a lot of pain. But with the eyes of faith, he, he saw the crosses that came to him 
as, as Jesus offering, and the crosses that come to us, as Jesus offering us opportunities to help him redeem the world. And he encouraged people to profit by his generosity. Father Solanus invites all of us to change our attitude towards hardship. If we only try to show the dear Lord a goodwill and ask him for resignation to the crosses he sends or permits to come our way, we may be sure that sooner or later they will turn out to have been just so many blessings in disguise. (coughs) Trusting that these things are blessings in disguise and and he puts his money where his mouth is, in a sense. When he was at the end of his life, on his deathbed, he really lived this to the end. He was suffering a lot in his final days in the hospital. And on his deathbed, when one of the friars asked him, how are you doing? He said, suffering a little, thanks be to God. And he went on to say, would to God it were 10,000 times worse so that I could have something more to offer him in thanksgiving for his great love and mercy. So he continued living this, believing this all the way joyfully to the end. And after a few days laying in bed, he sat up, arms extended, hands extended, and he said, I give my soul to Jesus Christ. And not long after, he he passed away. I think for us, Father Solanus is a wonderful example of, um, of, of living the faith to the full, but doing it joyfully, doing it with thanksgiving in his heart, thanking God ahead of time for what, what's coming, trusting, knowing that God is good. So I really invite you to try and tear away any limits to the faith that we put on, any kind of shielding, and really seeking to deepen our faith, recognising that, I mean, Father Solanus, you see him there and there. Blessed be God in all his designs and there. Keep courage rather than courage, confidence in God, which is courage divinely reinforced. And there, no, that's not him. <laughs> quick, quick, get that off. Get that off. Okay, okay, just leave it, leave it there. Let's ask, you know, Father Solanus to really, and, and look forward to his, let's thank God ahead of time. Hopefully more and more people come to know his message because it's really inspiring. And, um, and let's ask his intercession. I've been to his shrine in Detroit where his tomb is. Many pilgrims continue to ask his prayers and so many favours and through his prayers. So I invite you all to, um, to, 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 during this weekend, ask his intercession or ask him to help you have a deeper faith. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thanks be to God. I love it. Good on you. That was Father Thomas McFadden with The Faith of Venerable Solanus Casey at CapFest 2017, which was based on the theme Saints and Heroes. And for more talks, interviews and shows, visit creadio.org.au.